0: We talk about why some people want to punch me in the face with my dear (laughs) friend, Danny Griffin. Danny, before we let the show roll, go ahead. Tell everybody the D-Rock story. The
1: the only reason we're (laughs) sitting here with this beautiful podcast equipment in Boston after a full day is because D-Rock. Gary V's right-hand man threatened to punch you in the face if you didn't finally start your podcast. So I am thrilled to finally be a guest on this show and expose how this actually got started.
0: And I don't have any bruises to show for it. He <laughs> never took that shot. Tune in. Enjoy. Thanks so much. That was the one more. Welcome back everybody to opportunity knocks the podcast for our hustlers hard workers, salespeople, creatives, entrepreneurs at their finest. I am your host, Dean Miller, and we have our traveling road show today. It's like a three ring circus going on. (laughs) We're recording this episode in Boston at the Revere Hotel. We got invited to an event run by the Realty Classroom, Um, a great organization that is committed to real estate coaching, Helping agents raise the level of their success, their profitability, uh, their sanity, all that other kind of great stuff. And we are here today with the founder of the Realty Classroom, my friend for close to twenty years now. We're getting, <laughs> we're getting old, my man. There was there was a time where our hair was as dark <laughs> as these headphones. Now it stands out with all the gray. My good friend Danny Griffin. Danny, thank you so much for coming out and doing this. I appreciate but, the buddy invite. Boy I appreciate yeah. the invite to be up here. It's been a great day. We're all exhausted. Um, but you, you bring huge value to everything you do. Thanks. So let let's give the quick rundown. Like I said, Danny and I have known each other for about twenty years. We met at a at a coaching event. Uh, up in was it Toronto the first? Yeah. it was Toronto the For first. Sure. Time. That's, right. Yeah. Right uh, that's right, right after September 11th. Yeah. That's right, right after 9 It Was your first time up there? I had right. been up there twice before. Yeah, um, and we plowed through and we got there. Now, did. how do
1: two city kids find each other? Is it the accent to in, accent in, in
0: Toronto of all places? You know, it's, I, I don't know. We, we, the only we, kid not saying a hey? right in, in Toronto. That was it. It was like hey, what and or or in the car or a yeah. hey, what you know hoser. It was yeah. right. so. Um, Danny and I have become good friends through our relationship with coaching. You evolved and found an opportunity to be actually become a coach as opposed to being the the coach. You became the coach. Um, And you did a phenomenal job with your first organization. You've since transitioned out of there and you've been running the realty classroom for how long now? Seven years. And time flies. Yeah. I, I think I may have been client number one or two or three. Pretty, you
1: were pretty close yeah, to I, I the loyal think, earlies. I, I think
0: you purposely invited a couple other people before telling me because <laughs> you didn't want me to say walk around and say, hey, I'm still number one. Um, but Dan, Danny brings a wealth of knowledge. Uh, so in addition to running the Realty Classroom, you own Griffin Realty Group, Correct. which is a brokerage in Cape Cod and Boston. Correct. Uh, you've got a nice team. You guys are doing great production. Um, you recently move or in the process of transitioning back from the Cape back to the city. Sure. Uh, good for you. Congratulations. Yeah. It's nice things when kids get older and start to move out. You can- well,
1: when you said hustler and I looked down at my blue coat and yeah. I said, <laughs> I probably belong outside in Boston <laughs> versus the Cape. I'm starting to we, get my city that, roots springing it. back out. You know,
0: you got to wear socks once in a yeah. while when you're in Boston <laughs> as opposed to on the Cape where you're living in flip flops. <laughs> So you've got a lot of things that you work on. So you've got the realty classroom. You've got the brokerage. You do public speaking. Um, there's a laundry list of stuff that that you've got in the hopper that is now skipping my mind. So fill in the blanks well, for me. Well,
1: if you go through the enterprise part Please. of it, it's all under real estate to a large extent. Mm-hmm. And as you said, I evolved out of being coached into wanting to coach so desperately. I think simply because I always took the approach to real estate that I should be an educator first that I should give away plans, education. And that was this early on obsession coming out of investment banking and big business. I had seen companies running with plans. So it starts there. Well, when you get into that enterprise under such a huge industry like real estate, you start to say, well, wait a minute, there's going to be other offshoots of this. So the coaching and the brokerage, they go hand in hand. Yeah, You want to help an agent, you want to help an agent, whether they want to join your brokerage or not. You just want to help agents and you want to teach them something. You want to chunk it up, make it simple, organized. And so that endeavor then has this new offshoot where now you get into technology solutions because the maddening part of the digital age is that you're looking at these websites and nobody will do what you want to do. And nobody's listening to the change that the consumer's demanding ended up in the website business as an offshoot of the coaching business, because you have these clients that you want to help them solve technology as simply as possible. And you don't want to see them getting beaten up or worse come to you a mess. Right. So I don't think I had a choice, but to get into the technology that was side.
0: It. I'm sitting here and I'm saying, you beat me up about it all the time. And yeah. I'm saying, all right, what's the missing company that I forgot about? It's the, it's the Realty <laughs> it Cash website. It has websites. been a long day as it, we've it, just finished. It has been a long, it was a very short night, unfortunately, because I couldn't sleep last yeah. night. Uh, and then couple that with a very long day. That got off to a late start because we couldn't figure out what time you were starting. <laughs> there was so much confusion. Um, you know, most of the podcasts we've done so far do center around real estate because it's who I am. It's not who I am, but it's what I do. It's my, it's my number one source of revenue. Uh, It's the thing that I'm most passionate about professionally. Um, But this is not a real estate podcast. This is, this is an entrepreneurial business thing. For sure. Um, And, and I, I caution a lot of our listeners to not pigeonhole us into the real estate world because I believe as a true professional, Mm. when you got a real estate license, you don't have a job. If you want to run it the right way. Many people look at it. We talked about it today. This is a business. It's not a hobby. Too many people treat it as a hobby. But we sat down and spent eight hours today talking about strategy and plans and implementation and execution. Um, Let's take the top list because you have so many. you you got your hands in so many different cookie jars or projects you're working on. What's the common denominators that you've seen so far where people can find an opportunity leverage it, maximize the return on it. Oh my
1: gosh. I mean, this is about small business. It's about the passion to help small business people. The person that doesn't want to sell themselves to corporate America. And there's nothing wrong with that. If you're wired to be in corporate America, like go I was, it. I started in finance. You can find a fabulous living in there, uh, in, a, in a setting like that, fabulous, go for it. Because yeah. that's what you love to do. Unfortunately, nobody told me this, but uh, when I was up there locked away, I felt that way. Right. So it's about that. And Gerbert says this the best in his book. It's about that almost like this entrepreneurial seizure moment. We like, I got to get out of here.
0: I heard that line in my head twice today as we were going through Be, stuff.
1: Because it is not <sighs> about real estate. And if it becomes about real estate first, in fact, that's the problem. Mm-hmm. You start talking about technique and tactic. What's the best lead generation system? Well, you know, what do I say on this postcard? That's what's killing small business is that people rush right to, well, how do I do the thing in Gerber's book? How do I make the pies? Because and
0: people are, want something to touch and see and feel. Uh, but and the, a business plan is not something that most people are willing to look at, let alone touch, see, feel, and evolve.
1: Do you want to go grab a business plan and hug it? Right? Nobody does, but I, I everybody think, needs I think the,
0: one. I think the true sick, twisted entrepreneur does, and all too many of us fight it. Yeah. And I'd say, I, there was a point in the beginning when I realized that I was no longer just a salesperson that I was running a business yeah. where I would sit down and I would work on my business plan twice a year, religiously. Yeah. And then there was a gap where all of a sudden I stopped doing it. I looked and I said, holy shit, I'm, I'm doing well. I'm doing it in spite of myself. And I started to have struggles because I never went and reevaluated it. And that's a practice that I think more people need to do on a regular but think basis.
1: About, but think about it as a small business dilemma this way. If you want to go in the restaurant business, if you want to go don't into small, yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> I forgot about that. Subconscious, just remind you. Yeah. But, 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 let's go there for a second, even though it's a difficult situation, as you experience. If you don't go out and buy a franchise. You start guessing from day one based on your perception of how you think it works. And therein lies the biggest dilemma and problem for any kind of small business that's a mom and pop, quote unquote, at the start, Mm -hmm. a non-franchise. You're not plugging into something that's already been figured out. That's a mega problem. So when I got into this business, I'm coming out of investment banking, venture capital. We're looking at all these businesses that are already established with plans. You know it, especially in the VC side of it, you know it if somebody has a plan or not, and you go looking at what they did and you make a determination whether to stroke a big check to them or not based on their plan. You judge them based on that. So many of them didn't have one. So many of them had an idea. And they were, they were trying to build off of that idea. I, Dean, I think that's the, that's the major problem with trying to bring right now as we're doing this podcast. There's IPOs being canceled. Yep. There's IPOs, go, IPOs going backwards because we have these companies that are these great changing ideas, changing Uber, changing the way that people get a ride, but getting killed yep. from a profit standpoint. Yep you know what I was taught in venture capital? If they don't know how to make money from day one, we don't do it. We don't do it. That was what I was taught in 1991. That was the the the, the feeling of this company that we're going to go with people because if they learn how to lose money, how do they ever get out of right. that trap, Yep. right? So that comes back to and what I meant by that business plan. I would love every small business person to be able to hit Google and find a small business plan for the business that they so desired to be in that would be guidance. So what I'm recognizing as we had our model up there for real estate, why does it have to be real estate? Do you not need a strategic business vision for a restaurant or a real estate company? Do you not need to know what it takes to be the right kind of leader? Do you not need to know what marketing leads to possibilities for converting clients and keeping them and closing them per se over and over and over? Even if it's a restaurant, I close you out, you pay the bill. Hopefully you come back and you repeat. Exactly. It's the same thing.
0: That's it. Rinse and repeat. You Rinse got repeat. it. It's the
1: same. But so why is any small business really that different? It's not.
0: There's too many entrepreneurs and I'm guilty of it in the past. Uh, we, we always feel that there's a better way that we can recreate the wheel. And, and that's, you know, you referenced Michael Gerber in his book, The E-Myth, uh, which is still to this day, one of the greatest business reads I've ever, I've ever looked at. And I yeah. go through all of his books, you know, a couple, every couple of years, I, I reread them. Um, that, that whole entrepreneurial seizure thing really is, is a fascinating thing to, once you understand it, to actually watch happen from other people.
1: Yeah, um, but then when you have that moment, you're, you're inspired to go start. The problem is, where's the guidance? So you can even go to Gerber and you can get this concept of checklist and modules.
0: Still got to do but, it. But,
1: but I still go back to that quote that I heard from Nito Cubain at a, a conference one time, find somebody who's already put the right information in the right order and at least start by copying that. Well, well the problem is, We have this creative insecurity. I don't want to copy somebody. I want it to be me. I want this to be an expression of my ideas. Well, well, wonderful. That's the icing on the cake, but the cake is still built the same way.
0: Is it more important to be unique or is it more important to be profitable at the end of the day? And there's there's a balance for people. Some people, it is more important. I think you can
1: have both, but I think it's the, again, here we go. What's the right order? The right order is, is there anybody out there that already does what I would like to do? I'm not saying I'm going to copy them exactly, but do they have a strategy, a strategic plan in place that if I just sat in their restaurant, if I just talked to them about their business, would they reveal to me a modular linear like proce- assembly, like like process assembly line, like process that leads to a result, right?
0: That's all I'm looking for. I think that's why we actually had success in the restaurant for a couple of years that we did run. It was because we looked at it from front line to back and everything in between. Um, and it's it's funny when you're in a business like that, where your hands are literally on everything all day, every day. Yeah. Whereas in, in real estate, you know, we're we're not in the mud every day. We're not building the house. We're not putting the plumbing in. But when you go to a restaurant and you look at it, you say, it's so much easier to see where the problems are and where the breakdowns are and where you can adjust. Whereas you, when you look at a business, which is more uh, not hospitality, but service driven. Yeah. Where there's so many little things that we fail to pay attention to because we don't see it every day. Like you talked about, you know, we talk about your infographic um, with with the the, the business model mm. in in an infographic form. And you look at those, you look at all those different modules, and you say, "All right, I got to immerse myself in this one, and this one, and this one, and this one." Whereas with a restaurant, you mop the floor from the back to the front, mm-hmm. you load the you load the refrigerator from front to you know. Back but to those
1: floor. are the technical details yeah. of what is essentially the same thing. Let let me make a comparison between these two businesses. If I walk into, which I did, into your restaurant Mm -hmm. and others, I could sit there, get up above it, and say, what does his assembly line look like? Exactly. From the very beginning of how does he get the people through the door to how does he create a happy past client who pays the bill and says, that was a fantastic experience. I will repeat and refer. There's zero difference in that global strategic above the assembly line concept from real estate to restaurants. Now you're talking about technical and tactical implementation of things. Okay, because we talked about this many times. When you looked at the buildings across the street, you tried to identify your ideal client for your product. Who could I speak to that I could market and what was the media? we talk about that right here? Yeah. How do I find somebody who's the right person to sell their house inside of this area? There's no different. The restaurant down the street that we can look out the window today and see yep. versus you sending that postcard to that same household for just a different service. That's it. I'll feed you. I'll sell your house, but identical media choices and identical process for trying to, ide- you know, uh, identify ideal avatar. There is no difference. That is a universal immutable principle for marketing to bring in people that you don't know, which if you can't do, you got a serious problem.
0: You're done. Yeah. Right. Let me take a little step back. Sure. What triggered your move from the corporate world into real estate?
1: Oh my gosh. I just had no idea what unemployable meant. I mean, really it was, Stephen Pressfield has a fabulous book. Um, That I heard on a Joe Rogan podcast, he referenced it. And it's called The War of Art. And and he's just a very pithy guy. And and the the way it's written is just really entertaining. But it really speaks to something. I have five kids, as you know, and I have encouraged every one of them to not dumb their creative side down. I love that. Every one of them. What is it that you want to be? Creativity can be expressed in business through entrepreneurialism. I have an actress working here today with Corey. I I have a daughter who wants to be in photography, videography, but even my hockey player, is he thinking creatively on the ice or is he trying to fit in? right? My, my student, the twin boys after the three girls, my student, is he being creative? Is he, is he getting into other things to see how academics fits into this all? So this war on us is that you're supposed to go get this job. You're supposed to go to Harvard business school, Danny, you're supposed to fit in. And all of a sudden one day I'm having, forget about seizures. How about panic Panic attacks? attacks, I'm just like, and I didn't know what it was other than the war on my creative. Okay. So my creative was under assault. I, I, I couldn't express myself fully. My ideas, which I was dying to express, and, there was a, and I loved business. I still love talking about finance and all that, right. but there was, no, there was no creative expression. And I had this unbelievable desire to serve individual people. I don't know why. I have a brand on me when I was born. Be a person for others yeah. and give and give and give and give. But in a business context too, because I want that fulfillment, and I just couldn't express it, and I had no other choice but to walk out the door.
0: That's funny. You you, you use the word that triggered with me the last time I was up here in Boston with you, which is probably six years ago. Yeah, um, where we talk about fulfillment. Yeah, Um, and it it's always been one of the things that drives me. You know, and and I'm proud to say people. bust my chops about it all the time, but I'm very proud to say I don't get out of bed in the morning and make a dollar. I get out of bed in the morning and make a difference. Yeah, That's what fulfills me. For sure. When I need to make money, the dollars will find me if I do the right thing. It's like Zig Ziglar said, you know, you, you help enough people and get in life what they want, what you want will come to, come to you. There's no doubt. Uh, and I, I truly believe that.
1: Um, because it works. You don't even have to believe it. If you do it long enough at something you love, you can begin to see it. Now, the only business problem is how do you monetize it? Because well, unless you're independently wealthy, it, it's not a charity. Yeah. So, so you can't just keep saying that to yourself without figuring how does this have monetary value so you can make a living doing
0: it. When you go in with that servant leadership mentality to serve people, and like I listen, anybody who gets out of bed in the morning, go to work, not expecting to get paid and compensated for what they do, they're gonna be they're a liar if they're gonna tell you that's the reality. Sure, but. Yeah, you have that mindset. And, and and that's what I love about a lot of what you do. And and one of the things that I found unique about you as a quote unquote real estate coach is that you're very much into the head stuff. We've studied Maxwell Maltz and and, and psycho cybernetics. We're going and, there tomorrow. Yeah. And and it's <laughs> I I love it because, you know, going back to the beginning, we studied personality profiling but, you know, uh what's Carl Marston, I think it was.
1: Oh yeah. Uh, Uh, what is Marston's first name? He, he's, he founded, he developed the lie detector. The lie detector. From
0: what I understand, he also was one of the creators of wonder woman. Yep. (laughs) Um, And was it? I've studied. I actually spoke to one of his daughters years ago, and just fascinating. But
1: um, Marston's right. Mar M A R S T
0: O N. I'm not sure if there's an S or not. but We'll figure it out when we do the notes. I'll do some research and we'll find it. But it's that whole DISC personality profile, and and then that that psycho cybernetics book is still. uh, I'm amazed at how long that's been around and how many people have referenced it. Here's why.
1: Here's why. And here's the real problem: when people blow me off about the head stuff, I'm not some esoteric head stuff guy. I want to know why our mind shuts us off. You go listen to David Goggins tell his story. And you it's listen, incredible. It's but, he, but what's amazing about it, as much as what he did is incredible, it's more important to recognize that he made a simple distinction. Your animal brain is shutting you down at 40%. Shutting you down. It is the enemy because it's meant to just get enough and stop. But yet you've got this subconscious, this creative, this thing that wants to grow and be heard and expressed that says, that's not enough. So there's this incredible conflict. So if you don't deal with the head stuff, you don't know how to break through it. Now, Goggins's thing was brute force. I will break myself, he says, into a fine powder by becoming an ultra marathon, a Navy SEAL, going to these dark chambers Okay. That's pretty dramatic. And yep. I love it. And it pulls me like when I work out or whatever, but I'm not going to become a Navy SEAL at 53 years right. old. So, no, And I have a long way to go. Yeah. So, so, So what do you do? What do you take from that? You understand that everything in your business right now is an expression of the way that you see the world. You see the world and you make choices to build your business based on what you know. Now, Michael Gerber, when I met him, slapped me over the side of the head with a message. You don't know what you don't know. When I met him face to face, after building the model around his book, he was a ripe 80 and he's feisty. You don't know what you don't know. And I walked out of there disturbed in a good way. To say, you must always be asking yourself if you're doing the right things. Well, how do I know if I'm doing the right things? Go outside and study a successful mom and pop restaurant, a successful mom and pop team, a successful mom and pop um, um, brokerage, or go to the big dogs and say, how did the big dogs start? What do you think? They didn't start as mom and pops. They just got through something. The early founders got through something that the rest of us aren't. It's a mindset sticking point. Because again, I'll say this. Every small business, success or failure is a direct result of the way that that person thinks yeah. and their ability to elevate and evolve. So if you don't deal with that, where are you at? I mean, look at Tony Robbins has made a pretty good living off of challenging that alone. Now, some people will knock those people as gurus. Well, wait a minute. Isn't the most important thing we have our mind? Yep. That's the one thing that we have that we can exercise, control, work on. So if you don't deal with that in small business, I'm not so sure how you ever get anywhere.
0: If you haven't figured it out yet, this is, this is why, part of why I love spending time with Danny because I really don't have to say much. I just kind of, <laughs> I stoke the fire and boom, it's like an oil tanker were blows you, up.
1: Well, you're sitting here talking to me after a full day of a conference. Uh, That's why I said, talk to me at the end when I'm on fire. You,
0: you're right. And it's, you know, I don't think it's the coffee. I think it's just, it's, it's natural for you, which, yeah. is, which well, is.
1: Well, it's exciting
0: yeah. to
1: figure out things, to be able to share it on your podcast, to say, look, I think this is simple. The harder you work, the simpler it gets. I'm in pretty good company. When you think of Einstein saying this, you know, make it simple, but not too simple. Right. And that's what I'm discovering is, oh my gosh, the harder I beat on this thing, the simpler it is. When we talked about marketing today, I'm tuned into market. Where are they? And who are they? Message. What do you say to them, buyer, seller, or agent in our context? And what medium's the best? postcards digital. at
0: at that moment for that that group. Exactly. Done. Yeah.
1: Done. And most people never go to that. So when people freak out about the word plan, there's your marketing plan basis. How about conversion, marketing and conversion, the two biggest things in most businesses, especially service when they're a lead, what are you doing to convert them to a prospect where they're interested in you and your offer? And what are you doing from there to make the next offer to turn them into a client? Three things. You really have six foundational pieces in most businesses the foundational pieces of marketing, the foundational pieces of conversion, even in the restaurant. Right. I get them to the front door, yeah. the menus on the wall. How do I convert them to come in? They're a lead outside on the street. They become a prospect when they start to talk to the the maitre d'. Mm-hmm. And now they come in and sit down, they're a client. And if I give them that experience, the best thing that can happen to me is they end up a
0: happy past client who repeats and refers. That's it. Same business. Rinse and repeat over and over again. But it's the same business. Because, and, and that's why, I, I tell people, don't poo-poo this because we talk real estate more often than not. Right. Because we're talking business. And I've learned more. You know, I mean, you saw part of my journey going into the restaurant world. I took my real estate and database and service knowledge and put it into the hospitality industry. Right. And that lit a fire under my ass because now, every when we were going through rebranding of our real estate company, I actually toyed with the name Hospitality. For to be involved in the name, and it, it didn't pan out the way that I wanted it to. But really, that's that's the drive, and I think every business is like that. Every any any successful company may or may not acknowledge the word, but hospitality is what leads to the success or failure of almost every any business and any company out there. Dean, I think.
1: Dean, I grew up in the booze business like Vaynerchuk. Yeah. Only I'm ten years older than him. I didn't even know what the internet was. Yeah when I was growing up in that business. And when I left corporate, the first thing is I went back to that and everything was the same. Who was my market that I liked better? I had, my father was in it down the Cape. That's where I went to Convalesce. I walk in, there's 12 bottles of wine. So like Vaynerchuk, I get into wine and by the end, I've got all these varietals and I've got a delivery business of wine within four or five years. And the company's gone from, I don't know, you know, 750 to two and a half million dollars worth. And and Gary probably alludes to this a lot with his wine experience. The rules are so archaic, especially in Massachusetts. You couldn't ship, you couldn't do this. And it was a little bit early. I I wasn't learning enough. I mean, the laptop was sort of a thing, but it wasn't Yeah, but it weighed 150 (laughs) pounds too. (laughs) And I wasn't wasn't a coding geek. It meant nothing to me, but my hustle was in hospitality on the floor and then to take it outside the brick walls. So, I mean, I learned these systems. You want to get a kick out of this? I would have people come in that I would be selling their booze to. And they say, man, this is the only place that sent me a Christmas card. My liquor store, yeah. right? Hey, because I got this way back then, no matter what the business was, the principles of creating a happy client were the same. And then letting that client know how much you appreciated appreciated them caused that repeat referral. Right. So here's the booze business. Here's the restaurant business. Here's the real estate. The principles are the same. That's it. Can't That's explain it. them away.
0: Price tags bigger. The frequency of the, the purchase frequency is a lot less often, but you still got to do it the same way. Yeah. Listen, I, I, I don't want to overstep my bounds and say any longer than we have to. I appreciate you taking a few minutes and doing this. Uh, Folks, there's a lot of information that Danny dropped here. We're going to put it in in the notes and we'll link up all of Danny's sites. If you own a business, whether it's in real estate or anything else, this is a guy that you need to pay attention to, to watch what he does. And in many cases, to listen to the message when you talk about it, but how you how you practice your business how you practice what you preach, uh, what you bring to the table to not only your clients, but the future potential consumers that are out there, how you're getting attention from people is something that people should pay attention to. Uh, Danny Boy Griffin, uh, the Realty Classroom, Griffin Realty Group out of Cape Cod in Boston, because it's not the most com- the mo- most uncommon name. There are a few others out there. <laughs> Come on, uh, there's only named, one. A guy named Griffin and a guy named Miller. Yeah, let's see. There's probably 8,000 people. Yeah, but I'm the listeners. only
1: Batman Griffin. Yeah, well, we'll, we'll <laughs> That's my
0: full name. We'll save that. That story for another day, the Tony Montana's and the Batman's and all the other, all the others, all the voices in my head. We'll, we'll leave that as a tease for future episodes, but yeah, there's a lot of screwed up shit going on in this guy's poor guy's head, his poor wife and his kids, what he's doing to them. But you're, you're, you are the definition of a friend and I appreciate everything that you've done for me, for my businesses. Uh, and, and you know, whatever I can do to be of value to you, that's that's part of part of one of the things that makes me happy is, is watching people succeed. Well, um, well,
1: when you walked into my live event and gave me the finger, that should tell everybody how, how we feel uh, about so each you, other. You, you, you got to start
0: somewhere. <laughs> I know I need to get your attention because there's 39 other people in the room who all want your attention. So what do you do? You have to make an obscene <laughs> gesture. So there you go. <laughs> thanks, thanks so much for joining us. I embrace it. That's it. Danny, thank you so much. You we bet. appreciate it. Uh, and and uh, thanks so much, everybody, Thanks so much for tuning in. Opportunity knocks. We're on Spotify and YouTube and, uh, and iTunes and Google Play. Check us out on Instagram. Um, to follow along with what we do. Do me a favor. Like, follow, subscribe, share, comment. Let me know what we can do to bring you more value. Because if you're going to give us 5, 10, 30 minutes, an hour of your time, the least I could do is come back and add some, add some extra value to your life. Thanks so much for tuning in. Have a great day and we'll see you soon.